I've been, in diff I've been in 24 different foster homes. My first time ever going foster care, I was about two months, and it was because my mother had called DCFS on herself for abusing me um, because she would like abuse me. My grandma told me stories how she would abuse me as a baby. Like I have pictures of me with black eyes in two months. I've been abused, I've been raped, I've been molested, I've been tortured. At what age? My first time ever being raped, I was five. I hate myself. I'm making this video because I'm tired of people saying things like, some people are abusive and some people aren't. You can't tell who's going to be who. It's just random. I'm tired of people saying that behavior is entirely genetic. And I'm tired of people saying that people are just born with mental illness, so there's nothing you can do to prevent it, and there's nothing you can do to change their behavior. That could not be further from the truth. Life is like chemistry. You put certain reactants in, and you get specific products out. If you are making table salt, you need sodium and chlorine. You can't make table salt with carbon and oxygen. So, when someone says, I don't know what happened. This guy had a phenomenal childhood. He was a great person. Everybody loved him. I have no idea why he would kill someone. Saying something like that is like trying to make table salt with carbon and oxygen. That's not how people work. People only do terrible things like that after having very specific experiences. Yet you hear that kind of stuff all the time. You hear it because the people making these comments don't have any idea how to identify abusive behavior. So the reason I'm making this video, and the reason I make videos like this, is to say that bad behavior is predictable, it can be prevented, and bad behavior can be changed into something positive. With that said, let's talk about Kelly. Kelly is a 21-year-old prostitute who lives on the streets of Los Angeles. She was interviewed on a channel called Soft White Underbelly, which is a channel that interviews a lot of people who are mentally unstable and or homeless. Every abuser and every potential abuser, male or female, has an origin story. This is some of Kelly's origin story. Oh, my grandma got me at two months and foster and foster. Then she lost me. I think I was around two. So I was in foster care. Then my mom got me back. She won me back. And then she lost me again due to abuse. She abused me again. Like, I used to, my mom would make me wear turtlenecks. Even if it was hot, I would have to wear turtlenecks, and I would have to wear long pants, long pants, long socks. Everything would have to be covered when I go to school because I would have webs and stuff. My, like, these scars on my face, around my eyes and stuff, my mom, she threw a remote at my eye when I was young, and it cut my eye to the point where I had to go get stitches. She, um, what she pushed me into a glass table and it broke. As we go through this, you're going to notice that Kelly has been through quite a lot and went through a highly abnormal childhood. The reason I picked her for this video is because she is such an extreme example of what a person can go through. That way, when I talk about the psychology, there's nothing super abstract to debate. Everything is obvious and easy for everyone to see, even if they don't know that much about human psychology. For now, let's focus on the basics, and I can expand on the more difficult stuff in a different video. Speaking of, I've mentioned before that abuse victims will show you physical signs of who they are. One of the things abuse victims do is corrupt their body. They will get lots of piercings like nose, lip, or tongue rings. 
They will get lots of tattoos. They'll dye their hair unnatural colors. They'll stretch their earlobes. They'll gain a bunch of weight, etc. We can see that Kelly has several tattoos on her left arm, and she has those super long fingernails that make it so you can't work. That's the uniform of an abuse victim. By the way, if you're a woman who has experienced a lot of childhood trauma and you want to stay safe as an adult, don't do this to your body. Giving yourself things like sleeve tattoos makes it very easy for abusers to identify you. Abusers know what to look for, and they love easy targets. You'll start attracting them because those markers on your body are a sign that some abusive adult has trained you to put up with an abuser, and it tells them that some adult trained you to not tell other people about the abuse. Just like when Kelly's mom trained her to hide her bruises with turtlenecks and long pants. So, food for thought. But anyway, Kelly was pretty ritually abused by her mother, so she goes into foster care and then gets abused by multiple foster parents. Here's the worst one. I'll give you fair warning, her description is pretty graphic. A few of my foster homes were good, but then I would go to, and it'll be another foster parent that likes to, you know, rape and molest. Like, um... I was seven. What I don't know if you could see these on my sides, yeah. but my foster dad he actually duct taped me to a chair, and he pretty he pretty much screw drive screws in my ear, and then he pulled them out, and now I have permanent um, marks here. They've been here ever since he did this. She said that this happened when she was seven years old. Understand, guys, when women flip out and do all kinds of crazy stuff like stalk you or beat themselves up and call the police so they can accuse you of abusing them, this is why. They have had horrible, horrible things done to them. They are mimicking behavior that was imprinted onto them because of their abusive childhood. They can't control that behavior, and for the most part, they don't care to learn how. This is why it's important to be able to identify a person who will do that kind of stuff before you make the mistake of bringing them into your life. And as I said, Kelly is an extreme example. If a woman had just one of those things done to her that Kelly describes in her interview, then she would need 10 years of therapy to function normally. When this happens to women and they don't get treatment, they tend to get into relationships with guys who will abuse them or they will find a nice weak guy they feel safe with and then start abusing him because they know he won't fight back. They cannot have healthy relationships. They are either being abused by someone, or they are the ones doing the abusing. This next clip is from the same foster parent. At this point, Kelly was seven. I warn you, this is more graphic than the previous clip. He used to chase me around the house to rape me, and I used to be running around the house. I would be screaming for him and saying, and foster my foster dad, yes, my foster dad. He would chase me around the house to rape me, and... I would just scream and I would cry. He would all it, he would always catch me. Like one day he raped me so bad that I woke I I'll never forget. I had on a Hannah Montana gown. And he raped me on the bathroom floor and to the point where I passed out. I woke up I when I woke up I was in the bathroom by myself with a puddle of blood. A whole puddle of blood. Pay attention to how she described that event. Her voice is completely flat, with no emotion in it whatsoever. There's no anger in her voice, there's no sadness, there's no fear, no crying, no frustration. She sounds like she's describing something that happened to someone else. 
This is a self-preservation technique called dissociation. She is psychologically removing herself from the situation so that she doesn't have a mental breakdown. I assume that this serves some sort of survival benefit because nature can be very traumatic and people who have mental breakdowns in the wild don't survive. The problem is that if she keeps dissociating and avoids reliving the emotions from her childhood, she will never get better. You can't start the therapeutic process if you are avoiding the trauma and refusing to relive it, especially when you are in the presence of a professional therapist. Instead, what these people typically do is get into drugs so they can forget what happened to them instead of finding someone who can help them to deal with the trauma, which is what Kelly is doing because she mentions that she has been doing cocaine since she was 11 years old and she is very likely a cocaine addict. So what happens when a child is abused by her mom, put into 24 foster homes, abused by the foster homes, goes back to her mom, and then gets abused by her mom again? Well, I ran away. You ran away? I just ran away because I got sick of, it felt like they weren't doing anything. At what age were you on your own? 11. You ran away at 11? Yeah. And where'd you go at 11? I just ran away. I was, that's when I started prostituting. Actually, a guy, I met a guy, he started, like, having sex with me and stuff, and then he just showed me to prostitute. This is what I'm talking about when I say people can't recognize signs of child abuse. They don't notice things like this. If a kid runs away, it means they are being severely abused. Their home is so dangerous that they would rather chance the streets. Kelly ran away at 11 years old, and the way you survive on the streets with no money as an 11-year-old girl is to become a prostitute. I started prostituting at 11. I've been raped on, on the blade. I've been raped on the blade. I've been had a gun put up to my head on the blade. He tried to kill. He, he used to abuse me if I didn't want to go. Listen to that. She almost said, he tried to kill me. Again, no affect, no emotion, just a depressed-sounding flat voice. Look at this picture they took of her. That is the face of someone who is completely broken and does not care about anything. Are you still with He told me, not now. We, I stopped messing with him. So you're not going to Skid Row now? And now I'm on, I came to Skid Row. You're in town? Mm-hmm. I stay in a tent out here because I don't want him to, I'm I'm scared he's going to find me. And for the last part of her backstory, we see that Kelly has someone in her life who won't leave her alone. This is why you don't bring crazy people into your life or make them aware of who you are. Kelly gets a pass because she was only a child when she met this abuser, but look at what happened to her. If you associate yourself with enough bad people, then eventually you are going to come across someone like Kelly's pimp who will not leave you alone. I have heard all kinds of stories in my life of people getting stalked, people having their identity stolen, people getting death threats, and oh man, if the abuser has any sort of money or influence, it is way, way worse. Do not make these people aware of who you are. Learn how to spot them and do not invite them into your life. Okay, now that we finished her backstory, let's start talking about what this turns into and how this affects her psychology. Like, I get really angry. I, that's, that's, that's one thing. I get really, really, really angry, and I don't know how to control myself. This right here is the birth of an abuser. This is the point where the trauma has taken her from an innocent child and turned her into someone who is able to hurt people. 
She said, I get really, really angry and I don't know how to control myself. Meaning that if something frustrates her, she will dissociate in the same way she was taught to dissociate from her childhood trauma and she will blow her anger way out of proportion. Now, as far as we know, Kelly isn't really guilty of much outside of a little stealing, but the reason for her innocence is that she has not been put into a position of power. She has been the powerless one all of this time from being abused by her mom to being abused by foster parents to being abused by her pimp. She hasn't had the opportunity to be in power as far as we know. But if she were to say, have a child, she would treat that child the same way she was treated when she was a child. Or like I said, if she gets into a relationship where she is not with an abuser and she is able to vent her uncontrollable anger without the fear of being hurt or even being killed, she will turn into the person who throws the remote or turn into the person who stabs her boyfriend with a pen or a fork. Or she will become a stalker who never leaves the guy alone like her pimp did with her. The cycle will repeat itself. Kelly doesn't know anything else. She's only been around abusers. Without any interventions, she will mimic that behavior. Just like with her mom, the second a child puts stress on her and does something she doesn't like, she will hurt that child. Why do you think Kelly was given black eyes at two months old? That's what happens when a baby cries too much around someone who cannot moderate their emotions. Do you, do you have contact with your mom or anybody? No. So you're just on your own? I don't have anybody. You have no one? Nobody. But God, I don't have anybody. And I try to kill myself because I feel like it's no point in me being here if I don't have anybody. When you're thinking of trying to kill yourself, what, what, why it's, is that? Because you don't see hope, you don't see... I feel like, what am I here for? No one loves you? Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody, like I told you, nobody checks on me. Nobody does anything for me. I have, I've been selling my vagina since I was 11 years old. I'll probably try to kill myself today, especially probably tomorrow. Because tomorrow's Christmas and I don't have anybody. As I said, I'm making this video because I want everyone to understand that these personalities come from somewhere. If you can stop these situations from happening, then these personalities won't develop. What Kelly just said is the end result of someone who has been severely abused. She is homeless. She has no family. She has no friends. She is a drug addict. She's a cutter. She's a prostitute. She hates herself. And she wants to die. All of that stems from her childhood. I know this whole situation is very sad and unfortunate, but it also makes Kelly a very dangerous person. She has nothing to lose, which means she can be molded to do all kinds of bad things if she isn't that way already. It's important that we talk about people like Kelly because the way you put a huge dent in the number of abusers that are in society is to stop them from being created. Reforming an abuser who has already been created is extremely difficult and unlikely. The best thing you can do is lead by example and manage your own abusive tendencies so at the very least, by fixing yourself, you have created one less abuser. But if it were a perfect world, how would you reform someone like Kelly? Well, first, you understand that typically by the time someone has become homeless, it's probably too late. For the most part, people aren't homeless because they fell on hard times or they lost their jobs. Homeless people by large are homeless because of extreme mental illness 
and or drug addiction without desire for treatment. Ideally, you want to catch them before that happens. One of your duties as a good friend or a good family member is to do what you can to stop people from getting to that point. However, when someone has severe mental health problems like a drug addiction and you try to help them, they will probably refuse. When that happens, you remove all support from that person until they get help. Addicts and people with behavioral problems are able to continue with their disease largely because they are very good at manipulating people to help them. They can't do that if you remove your support. Preferably, you also contact everyone else they know so they can't manipulate those people either. You remove their support system of enablers and then you offer them real support provided that they want to get better. You say things like, Hey, you need rehab but don't have money? No problem. I'll pay for it. If you need to ride to your 12-step meeting, I'll drive you. I'll help you get a therapist. I'll help you get a job. But what I'm not going to do is anything that promotes your disease. That's what these people need. They need someone to call them on their BS and they need people to facilitate their recovery. What they don't need is someone to swoop in and try to fix all their problems for them. That will make them worse and it will likely make you worse. They have to do it themselves. As for Kelly, she says that she wants to kill herself because she has no one who cares about her. So what Kelly has to do is go out there and create new relationships with people who do. The easiest way for someone like her to do that is to go to a 12-step program and start treating her cocaine addiction. Through that, she will meet people with similar problems that she can use as a peer group. She will also develop a relationship with a sponsor and that will begin the process of her building connections with people who actually care about her. That will keep her alive. There is a problem though. The YouTube video says that she was given $28,000 through a GoFundMe campaign. This is bad because Kelly is an addict. You cannot give drug addicts money. They will spend it on drugs and you could kill them by doing that. Because before, her limiting factor was that cocaine is expensive. With $28,000, she can afford all the cocaine she wants for a while and that could be enough to kill her with an overdose. Instead, that money should be withheld from her and be used to pay for rehab and sober living. She can use the connections that she builds from those programs to get a job or job training. Now that she has done this, she has some friends and a job, which means that she now has something to live for. She said she wanted to be a hairdresser and you don't need a ridiculous amount of training to do that. If she gets a job that isn't sex work and makes some friends, a lot of her problems will go away, including her uncontrollable anger. The primary reason people get angry is because they put themselves in situations that make them angry and they put themselves in situations that lead them to being a bad person, like working a really terrible job that pisses you off outside of the job. If you want to be able to control your anger, then remove yourself from that situation. Find a way to make money that doesn't make you unhappy. Find a way to live that doesn't constantly infuriate you. Then, maybe you won't have the urge to constantly act out your anger on other people. Chronic anger usually means that you are mad about something that's not going well in your life. So go out and fix it. And with that said, I think that will be enough for this video. So if you liked it, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, comment and share. If you would like to support this channel, then you can do so with PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. You can find all of those links in the description. Last, if you haven't checked me out on Facebook, BitChute, Twitter, or Gab, you can also find those links in the description. Otherwise, thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next video.